When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Pulp production. Today, we're going to be talking about the new mind-bending... Uh, man, I don't even know. I was going to say timey-wind me, but it's not clear if that's what it is. Uh, from the producers and showrunners of Dark comes 1899. This is another German multilingual sci-fi period piece by the powerhouse. Uh, I'm going to try it. I'm going to make a run at their name here. Janshe Freshe. And Baron Bo Odar. Uh, and is kind of exactly what I was expecting, to be honest. Um, what do you what what do you think of 1899? So I, I want to talk about what we think. Spoiler-free reviews, um, mm-hmm. a recommendation of who we think would like this type of show, and then we can talk spoilers. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. Um Okay. I so so We've seen the first two episodes, as yes. should be evident by the title of this podcast. Um, have not seen any more of it yet, so I don't know how, like you said, timey wimey it's going to get. How how many of the traditional uh, Frisé and Odar toys they're going to play with, but it seems like quite a few. If you're familiar with Dark, that series that was had three seasons uh, a couple of years ago, I think it went off the air. Um, then yeah. you will be right at home, I think, in this show. I I will say I'm I was not like sucked in until the very end of episode two. So if you're not like totally in on episode one, I'd give it another one and see what you think about that ending because that's to me where the story really just kicks into another gear. When you're talking about the sucking in of it all, um, I wonder how much of that is because this is different in dark by the following respects. Um, dark was a very slow entry into the weird shit. Mm. You know, you kind of start in the small town, pretty intimate settings, just a few f- small families are having problems with their kids. There's some angst there. There might be a cheating partner, stuff like that. And then it gets stranger things at the end of episode one, but not too bad. Mm-hmm. This feels very much like mid season two dark where it's just like, everything on the face of it is not what it seems. And there are multiple strange situations and multiple things that are off that you're going to notice within the first five or 10 minutes of watching this thing It's very mysterious and very, at least science fiction fantasy. So it, whereas, you know, dark, you could get sucked into kind of like the human drama and the family aspects of it. Like you barely know any of these people and their relationships and what relationships and the people, you know, are probably a cover story or fictitious, or at least they're not being fully. So I think that's, yeah. you know, cause, cause what sucks you in, it's usually the, the human drama, you know, this doesn't have much of that, or maybe a, a sur, maybe it's got a surplus of that. Um, and it just yeah, starts hitting yeah. you with the weird shit immediately. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't consider that weird shit. I just consider that like those those aren't the pieces of dark that I think of when I think of dark. When I think of dark, I think of characters being other characters, though you're not sure that they're that character until, you know, those reveals happen. I think of like time travel. I think of um, nefarious uh, entities like an Illuminati sort of thing happening uh, in the background and kind of controlling events. Uh, it, to me, this is the early goings of this is yes, complex because everybody seems to have secrets and identities that they don't want to reveal. But to me, that that's that's the human drama of it. That's not the weird mm-hmm. the weird dark stuff. That's but the weird that's just the, storytelling. The- like there is a secret or like a, pro, a secret organization that's behind the scenes implied to be manipulating things. And there are. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. You just know, not, that's not the, the human, the, the, the hiding of identities and stuff. I don't think has anything to do with that. But, you know, we might find out two episodes well, but from I, now it does. The, 
I, the the what I, why I was going into hidden identities is that like if you find out that a character is actually themselves traveled back in time, it wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. you. And there's and and because you you don't know any like they could do anything with these characters because uh-huh. uh, even well in the se- the the episode two, they're pretty much ciphers. We just know they're haunted by a past or they have that you know we we don't really understand. Like all of them, everyone on the ship seems like they're fleeing from something. Which I mean, it's but the we perfect don't setting know what that, it is. Right? It's an immigrant yeah, yeah, ship yeah. coming to America. It, it, people don't usually immigrate from their home countries for yeah. pleasure, right? There's usually you know a lot of compl- complex reasons why they're doing it. What this setup feels like is an Agatha Christie novel with her, totally. you know, uh, Hercule Perot is going to try to, and it's, it's that kind of thing where everybody looks like they're up to no good. Everybody's got uh, something secret or something that they're trying to hide something. And then they're going to throw what I think is a Bermuda triangle. Sure. Slash into that. Uh, 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 everything uh, like some kind of hypnotism manipulation. Uh, yeah, there's hints of some kind of medical procedures. They talk a lot about the human mind. The like human it opens brain. with the human mind is larger than the sea and bigger than the sky because it can encompass all those things. Um, which yeah, is a they're doing something a poem, with that. I think. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it's actually uh, the brain. Um, what is this? This is a, a quote from. Oh, it's an Emily Dickin- Dickinson poem. Okay. Uh, but that's how they that's how they open it up with uh, her uh, poem about uh, I think it's called I guess it's being credited as wider is the name of the poem about how what the capacity of the human mind is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's something else. The other thing is, um, you know, if I'm trying to think of things to say about this show, that's not just about the plot, because the plot is um, the plot is essentially you open up a box that your Christmas lights uh, were stored in last year. And it's like, oh, my God, how are these so tangled and convoluted? They were just sitting here. That's what it's like <laughs> opening up this this season. The, uh-huh. this show is gorgeous. Did you know that they they spent a good amount of money building a German version of the volume so that they could have these giant ship sets and it looks like they're set on the sea, but they're not. They're just the the volume. If you, right. if you if you missed all of our Star Wars coverage over the last few years, the volume is some uh, technology they pioneered on the Mandalorian where they have like uh, a, a room that's the size of a football field with like walls and ceilings to match. And all of them are high res LED uh, and OLED screens. So that when you have an actor standing in front of them, you can you can swing the camera around from all angles and it looks seamlessly like they're on that location and they're lit appropriately. You don't have to match lighting, you don't have to do anything because the the volume itself is casting the appropriate shade and color of light, hue, intensity, all that stuff. And uh, until I actually kind of wondered if they did some shots on the water because some of them are Mm -hmm. more composited. So, well, they're not composite at all. They're just on the volume. Hmm. Does so does the volume have that they built the version have a floor der of volume, LCDs? I think is what it's called. Der, der volume, yeah. <laughs> does der volume have a floor of LCDs or is it set above a tank of water? I I think it's just, or that, just like green screen nev- digital. They yeah, they must do that because like you're if you're on a boat unless you're actually looking straight down you probably won't you know like the 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 wall itself can have the water and the horizon and it'll look just uh-huh. fine. Yeah, but they do some so, overhead shots, like quite a they few. They do. They definitely yeah. do. Probably that's a lot. Of, like, especially when you're looking at the big pictures of the like the the boats moving around. I imagine that's just mm-hmm. all CG. Yeah, but probably. The practical stuff is really good. Uh, they do a lot of low light shots that are exquisite. Yeah. I think House of the Dragon should take notes out of whatever the fuck they're doing because <laughs> uh-huh. these are inky black sets lit by individual candles and things. And yet you can see everyone and the action and, and get an impression of the, the room you're in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this feels visually just like dark. I mean, they, they have a style that they're going for. And I mean, it is dark as its namesake because there is no real bright, intense light in the show, period. Mm-hmm. Most of it is lit by by candles, uh, by fire, flame, and the rest of it is lit lit by a murky, cloudy sky, uh, overcast just constantly. Um, if it's not just nighttime, so and and the ship itself is painted for some reason like charcoal. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, you 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 you've seen. I'm used to seeing like the the Titanic, where the boat itself might be a dark color, but the decks are all bright white and they're airy, and they've got teak wood uh, wood floors and all this stuff. This shit is just like, yeah, it's all been 
you know, what's the opposite of white blackwashed? It's all just been blackwashed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and at first I thought it's because the ship was filthy because it was like covered. But no, it's like I think this ship is just designed in a very, very dark, you know, not not to keep coming back to that word, dark palette. Yeah, no, it's, it's their signature style and it's uh, here again. And uh, speaking of signature style, what about the music? Uh, yes, this is very uh, Frische and, and Odar for sure. Odar. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Whatever his name is. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I I agree. Um, it's very synthy. It's very menacing, mm-hmm. with a little bit of '70s psychedelic rock spun into there. A little, like, yeah, late the 60s, ends of the 70s. episodes have uh, songs by like Jefferson Airplane and Deep Purple, and yeah, they're going for a real psychedelic thing at the end, which might fit in with the the brain theme stuff that they're going with. The expansion yeah. of the mind, right? That was an era yeah. of mind expansion. It felt to me two episodes in like uh, Frigé and, and Odar are deliberately trying to construct the most puzzly puzzle box in, in, in like television history. Oh, yeah. Like they are uh, pinhead and they have come with the box and they want they're <laughs> they're challenging you to open it. And we're going to see uh, our plans to cover this are we're going to do two episodes a day. We're going to take the weekends off. So tomorrow, Friday, we'll have another two episodes. Monday, we'll have episodes five and six. And then Tuesday, we'll wrap up with episode seven and eight, right? There's just eight episodes this season. Yeah, and there'll be one podcast for each for each of those chunks. For of each of those episodes. sets. Yeah, yeah, this is how we're, you know, we, we always, it's kind of an experiment of how to do these Netflix shows. Oh my God. Speaking. That's the other thing. Um, now that we've got the coverage out of the way, I just keep coming back to, I wish this show came out one or two episodes a week. Right. I mean, the speculation would be off the charts and as Specula- it is, it's going to be, well, you got to watch the whole damn thing. Cause nobody's in the same spot. Right. And then we can talk about how the season ends, but that's it. Right. Right. And I know like, you know, you, you the, the like the the 1899 subreddits do an episode by episode discussion. That's kind of all siloed up by the episode. But it's like one of those things where the first episode has 500 comments and the second episode has 118. And it's and just you like can't nobody do that with your friends. Right. No. Like your friends aren't siloed up into neat right. threads that you can go into at your leisure. No, you're all going to be yeah. at different places. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and even like that's the thing is like by this time tomorrow, we are going to be competing with uh, certainly print advertising and probably podcasts that I've seen the entire thing and have ready to break it down. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I, um, I, I'm, I'm really curious. Like this is kind of an experiment. We have no idea how this series would, would go. We did not have screeners. So we're kind of like taking it as we come. Um, but I, yeah, I, I just think that they would have so much more water cooler potential. Like I could see this show dominating discussions into the new year, but I suspect that before Thanksgiving, there's going to be hardly anyone talking or by Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving. Certainly there's going to be hardly anybody talking about it. We'll see. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. I'll be wrong. Um, as far as people who I think would like this show, like if you like it, like with, with dark in 1899, if you like those kind of puzzle box shows, if you're a big fan of early Westworld where nothing is quite where it seems, if you're uh, was it, were a fan of, uh, you know, leftover the leftovers, um, cause it usually has a lot of that like human condition stuff. It's not just a puzzle box, you know, obviously lost mm-hmm. X files, things like that. This is going to be right up your alley and right in your, uh, color palette. Um, and if you love, I will say this too, is if you love 1899 and you haven't seen dark, I highly recommend going back and watching all three seasons of that, because that is, I think the probably the definitive puzzle box show, in my mind, it's the most successful, um, the most, most consistent, intriguing. yeah, the consistently successful. Because I, I mean, Westworld went for something like that, but boy, yeah. did it fall on its face every once in a while, and then got canceled early. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think like we'll see how this show goes. But I agree. I think Dark is, if you like puzzle box shows and you haven't seen Dark, you have to watch that. It's the best yeah. of the breed. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Um, I was unsure because like I, I tried to stay away from all spoilers because I knew this is going to be a big puzzle box. I even tried mm-hmm. to not watch many of the trailers. Um, and so it wasn't clear to me whether this was going to be like a one and done miniseries or what. But I've I've done some digging and apparently there is like at least a cl- some sort of cliffhanger at the end of this episode uh, season. 
and that they are hoping to do more. So if this is successful by Netflix's rights, then probably we'll get more seasons. Um, yeah, I'm too scared to go digging around for any information on this show because I don't want to be spoiled. This is most shows. It's like, eh, I got a spoiler. It's fine. This show is kind of all about that stuff. So, yes, I feel like it has more potential getting spoilers to ruin this show than most others. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that I don't think it would hold together on, you know, it's like, oh, you watch sure, it and then sure. you never. But it's like, yeah, there this is. It's an experience. Front center, the pleasure is is like having mm-hmm. your jaw dropped when you find out the shocking secret and the thing that that is that it changes that makes you rethink everything that you've seen before. Like it, this show is really good at at that staying. And I, I guess that's the one advantage of dumping everything is like you don't have to worry about staying ahead of the internet sleuths. It's like you know, it's like it's like I guess it's in between seasons where the the people that can really kind of tear into the details and start spinning lore and t- because like, yeah, between episodes, who cares yeah. if you claim right. on episode two that you've got the solution because you probably just stayed up and watched the whole thing. dude. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> OK, do we have anything else we want to talk to before we get down? I think, uh, you know, zero said, Internet points being awarded until zero season two. Only between seasons one from 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 you got to You got to make a season mm-hmm. two prediction starting today. That's the only way you're getting Internet points. Uh, <laughs> and accordingly, I don't I don't we're not going to consider feedback until we're done. Like, I think we might have a yeah, wrap yeah. up where we will want to talk about uh, what's next and what's to come. If there is going to be anything to come. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah. OK, um, let's talk spoilers. Geez, where do we begin? We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. Episode one, I guess. That seems reasonable. Um, should maybe we, maybe we should talk about the intro. Okay. Uh, I, I know you it's not the first. very first thing you see, but the intro is... I got a very strong James Bond feel from this intro, like a dark okay, James Bond. yeah. yeah the, the, like you got the White Bond. Rabbit, Jefferson Airplane song mm-hmm. playing, and it's kind of in the style of, you know, a 70s era James Bond very fractally very like liquid metal things transforming to other things and uh-huh yeah it's got like a modern visual style and maybe a slightly older audio style to that intro yeah for james Bond. um clearly this season's going to be one big triangle hunt yes the triangles they are have, everywhere triangles are fucking everywhere pyramids are everywhere the bermuda triangle did you see the 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 newspaper that the uh is it mara uh-huh. I think is the is the main character as yeah, much as anything doctor. is the main character, the neurologist. Um, sh- did you see the newspaper she's reading that talks about that? It's a cover. The headlines were something about the Bermuda Triangle and have you been hypnotized? No, I just saw the big headline about the lost Prometheus. What else? What else in the intro? Because I'm I didn't make detailed notes on the intro. Is there anything else that jumped I, out at you? Yeah, I felt like the very last shot in the intro feels like a bullet. Like that ship that they show from overhead feels like a bullet. And maybe this is James Bond just leaking into my my consciousness here, but feels like a bullet going through or across someone's face. Oh, and I don't I don't know if that's going to have anything to do with like a murder mystery because the whole show is a murder mystery kind of right like a disappearance of all these people. Yeah, the, the murder of a thousand people I, or so. I, I yeah. don't think they went to like I don't know, a Caribbean island and they're drinking Mai Tais. They were probably killed. <laughs> so, no. you know, I wondered because like um, that particular imagery, I thought it was reminiscent of like a medical procedure like a lobotomy. You know, like okay. they used to stick an, like an ice yeah, pick yeah. through your person's, you know, like the thin wall between their eye and just kind of wiggle it around like you know, a bunch of fucking savages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought of that. Uh, you're thinking a bullet. Um, there's a whirlpool that goes down to the yep. bottom of the ocean. And there's a couple times like didn't one of the, the little Dutch girls mention that uh, she thought that maybe a whirlpool had taken him down to the shadow realm or something. Yeah, it turned him into shadows. Uh, mm-hmm. There's mention of like even in the opening how the, the mind is bigger than the sea and then one of them questions like what's down there right the, the we've we've explored all the nooks and crannies of earth except for what's down below in the sea yeah so yeah i think i, I don't know we we can't really end up well i don't want to say that because there are strange um sort sort of in, in the way that The Shining does it, strange uh, tricks of architecture in the on this ship 
that don't make any sense. Like there's a hatch under under the bed, right? Uh, in the captain's yeah, the quarters. Obsidian, the obsidian hatch under the captain's bed. That goes somewhere, but we don't know where. And it's very right. reminiscent of the, the tunnels in dark. Um, yeah. I couldn't help but oh. think of those. Uh, and I wonder if there's going to be some way to transport them under the sea or in something that is supposed to, uh, you know, evoke that feeling. Sure. I don't know. Because I keep talking. You want to go? I thought maybe we could go through the main characters and just talk about like what we know right. about them and their situation to kind of help help us get grounded. Maybe start getting some of these people's names down. Uh, yeah. We opened the series with Mara, who is a neurologist. Um, uh, from the UK that's traveling alone to America because she got a letter from her brother that says that she's found out that they've, he's found out what his father's doing and what his father's up to a, a letter to her brother. Actually, it says Henry on the front, just like Ike's uh, I'm going to call him Ike. The captain uh, says Ike on the front. Hers has says Henry on the front. So oh. it's a letter to her brother. That's yeah, a good but detail. Met, Cause yeah, I but given to her by someone. I just thought it was like kind of like Henry is the one that wrote it. So he wrote, but, but you're right. That makes more sense. But it's it is her brother and it says your brother. Uh-huh. Um, and it says he's he's found out what her dad is up to and come meet me in America. The, the odd thing is, is that four months ago she lost her brother on the Prometheus, which is a steamship that was crossing the Atlantic and was lost with all, you know, presumed lost with all hands. She thinks she gets he was letter. on that ship. She thinks he was on it, and the yeah. there's an inscription on the outside of the envelope that says, uh, "What is lost will be found again." Mm-hmm. And the same that inscription when we talked to, to the Ike's. captain. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the thing about Mara is, we begin the show like there's this cold open where she's screaming and yelling, and it looks like she's in a mental institution, and she's screaming at I think her father about she knows what he's done, um, and then. We hear, I think we hear the words wake up and she wakes up on the Prometheus. Mm-hmm. This is something that we're going to a, a bit of a theme where a person will be in an intense revelry from, I presume, their past and someone screams wake up and then they wake up in a different environment. Yeah. Which and begs the, the question or raises the question, I should say, of what what the hell is, you know, is, is any of this real? Sure. Yeah. Especially when it's paired with. The opening lines about how all encompassing the mind is, right? Yeah, there's a little bit of I don't know if this is like a full blown like commentary uh, uh, on gender or whatnot, but there's a lot of people remarking about like you know women can't be doctors, they can't actually mm-hmm. practice medicine, they can only study medicine in this era. One of the little Dutch girls who's trying to travel to America says that she wants to be a doctor and she thinks she can be in America. Uh, there's other women that are, you know, bemoaning their plight that they're stuck in this situation or that situation. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if there's going to be, you know, some of that, those themes developed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's had we- some kind of experiments perhaps done on her. There's a montage of really quick flashes that shows injections and straps of, of someone being strapped down. And it feels to me like that is her. And her and her wrists are bruised yeah, uh, and right, like right. like not even this isn't even a long time ago. They're bruised and abraded as if she has been restrained in the recent past. Yeah. So like I don't even think they're weeks old. Like they look days old. And, and she says early on, like in the opening, she she's yelling at her father, like, what have you done with my brother? What happened to him? And why can't I remember what happened? Yeah. On yeah. on so, that ship? Does she say I, that? I only saw. I know my. This is the weakness of only seeing this once and doing a podcast. Okay, on I, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. I'm not exactly sure. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's going to hinge on on that. But uh, um, is there anything else we can say about her um, at that at, at this point? Because I'm just trying to get everybody established. Um, I don't. I don't think so. She she's almost like the most straightforward. Once we get past that intro, right? Yeah, once her, her about story is kind of pretty straightforward. A lie or memory, or she's got manipulated uh, memories. Yeah, she's pretty straightforward, except for all that. <laughs> um, we also have, I think it's Ike Larson, who is the captain. Uh, he's a German captain. This these both the Prometheus and the Kerberos, which is the sister ship of mm-hmm. the Prometheus. They were both German uh, cruise liners that were bought recently by a UK company. And the captain points out that they appear to be doing a 
profitless run across the Atlantic that they are steaming over with hardly any freight with a minimal and even though they have over a thousand people, a minimum minimal crew complement and passenger complement for a ship of their size, and are clearly losing money on these routes. Like, so there's a mystery of like, why are they sent being sent on this particular passage? You know, what is what what is the company? Why why were they acquired? Um, you know, there's a lot of mysteries because I think there's also it's like, why did they keep half of the crew as German? Like, why didn't they replace everybody with their own people? There's mm-hmm. a lot of mysteries about this. This guy will, you, if you, if you are a dark veteran, you'll recognize him as uh, the uh, not older, not the oldest, but the middle aged Jonah. Yeah, he's the most prominent yeah. face from the dark. That's re- that's from the dark series returning. Uh, and his deep dark secret past is his wife apparently why he was out on a stroll set his whole house with his three children on fire and he's lost his entire family and mm-hmm. he's driven him to drink. Yeah. He's so haunted by that. He could po- his faculties could possibly be uh, screwed up by, uh, you know, this, 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 the alcoholism that he's um, succumbed to. Although I, he doesn't seem, he seems like he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders despite all that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of, He's got a pretty uh, big question mark around him with all the stuff that's happening with, like, like I mentioned, the strange architecture of of the ship. Yeah, because uh, beneath his bed is a hatch that has a symbol, a triangle symbol on it. Um, did you did you see that this triangle symbol is the alchemaic or um, I guess neo pagan symbol for the element air? Hmm. No, that you got air, water, fire, earth. Those are traditional symbols. And uh, earth is a inverted triangle with a line through the tip. Uh, Water is an inverted triangle. Uh, Fire is a triangle just with the tip pointed up. And then air is that triangle pointed up with the line through the top tip. So I feel like we might have seen most or if, if not all of those. In this show so far, because like there's characters with a kimono that have triangle patterns on it. Mm -hmm. There's a French lady has uh, right side up triangle earrings with stuff. So you you, you might be right. It's just a plain triangle. No line. Right. Um, You you, you might be right about that, that all of these. um, And like I said, this is used. This was used for uh, alchemaic. Uh, mm-hmm. formulas and also for just you know like astrology tarot type readings any kind of like new agey um pagan type stuff which was big at the, which was big at the time in mm-hmm. 1899 those things you know were even sucking in intellectuals like sir arthur conan doyle was all about that that kind of shit um right. we also have angel and ramiro this are posing as two spanish brothers from spain uh, and one of them is a priest and one of them is in a very manifestly wealthy upper class person. And the wealthy upper class one is fleeing the continent for some reason and is terrified to go back. Like at one point when the ship appears to be turning around, he almost has a panic attack over it. Mm-hmm. We find out that <laughs> the, uh, the priest is actually not Spanish. He's Portuguese. Uh, these He's are not, not brothers. His brother, yep. <laughs> and they are both gay and in love with each other. Yeah. And and or, in fact, the, the the priest, the fake priest, was a Portuguese servant, right? Who? Yes. Uh, that's interesting, especially in the context of what you see when they're making love. You see the back of of I'm gonna call him the, Angel. The dandy. Yeah, Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You see his back and it is just covered in scarring, lash scarring. Uh, like he's been whipped, been whipped thoroughly. So you you kind of wonder, like, is he actually who he says he is? Is he some kind of like upper crust, you know, fancy, uh, fancy man? Or is he some kind of servant as well? See, when I saw that workout through season or the through the second episode, I immediately went to Downton Abbey like, oh, this is a rich guy who had an affair with one of his servants, the mm-hmm. house servants. And the father found out and beat him. And then they both are sure. fleeing for um, that could be it. Unfortunately for Ramiro, uh, Angel's having a hard time keeping things in his pants. He is hitting on yes. uh, Cre- peasant Crester? Dutch boys. Yeah. Both all kind of. Yeah. 
there, there, there seems like there's a rocky road for this relationship regardless. Yeah. The, the next couple I want to talk about is Ling Yi and Yuk Jae, who are two women. The, the first one, Ling, uh, is posing as a Japanese geisha girl. And uh, Yuk is posing as her servant woman. In reality, both of these women are Chinese and they're mm-hmm. deliberately posing to be Japanese at the behest of uh, Miss Wilson, who is a pimp. Who is it's, it's, it's somehow she somehow has mastery over these women and is ordering them to uh, to not speak and to stay in their quarters as much as possible, because if people hear him speaking Cantonese and they're expecting to hear, I don't know how anybody would in this particular crew would tell the difference. But I guess like, yeah, that's the thing. They, they yeah. use that kind of as cover. Right. Because I looked at those actors. and I'm like, they are not Japanese. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. Yeah. Uh, and and then yeah, when you find out, oh, they're not actually Japanese. I was like, okay, that makes sense. And in this context, no one would realize yeah. that, right? They they make a big point about how exotic the East is yeah. because most yeah, yeah, people yeah. haven't been there at that time. And one of the fun things about the series, unlike Dark, is that everyone, almost all of these couples we talk about, is speaking a fundamentally different language. And some yeah. of them are multilingual, but Polish. there is kind of like when they're in collective, when they're in big group settings, they can have private conversations. And you don't know who can listen because, again, some of these uh-huh. people are surprisingly multilingual, so you just never know. But yeah, it adds Mrs. a little bit of paranoia, intimacy into those settings. Both. Both. It's super interesting. And it adds a lot of complexity, too. And I'm sure it adds a lot of complexity of the writing because you have to always remember, hey, these characters can't speak to each other. Or this character right. doesn't think that this person can understand them, but they can in actuality because Miss Wilson right. later on reveals, oh, yeah, I speak a little French. And when she says a little, she's like fully conversant. I find that hilarious. Mm-hmm. I speak a little. Well, it's like, yeah. Um, I guess that's like the difference because like we're a very monolingual culture. So like oh, if yeah. you can say, you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uno mas por favor you're like I can speak a little <laughs> Spanish but this person's like uh-huh. yeah I speak it I, but I have a little bit of an accent so I don't know if I can say I'm, I can right. actually speak it uh, next we have uh, the couple of Clements and Lucien who are a newlywed French couple uh, who appear to be pretty wealthy they're uh, afforded first class fare um, and they're trying to have sex, but there is a problem. The guy can't get it up or something. They don't appear to like each other very much. They appear nope. to not be able to stand each other's company. And it's all very mysterious. I have no fucking clue what's going on with them. They vehemently do not want to go back uh, they, on this uh, voyage. None. Nobody does. Everybody is trying yeah. to get the hell away from the continent for whatever reason. Um, then there's Jerome, a French stowaway who literally pops out of a coal pile, uh, steals a crew <laughs> uh-huh. uniform and tries to blend in unsuccessfully through two episodes. Is there a connection between this unhappy couple and this handsome French man who has stowed away in a pile of coal? I don't know because there is a scene between Jerome and Clements that mm-hmm. makes me think she recognizes him or vice versa. And I I can't fully read what's going on there yet. Is, is that because they're in a time loop? Is that because they had an affair sure, back sure. then? Is that because yeah, who 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 knows? But it's it's something you're supposed to notice. Mm-hmm. Um we talked about Miss Wilson. Uh we talked about the Joe um we also have Olek, who is a Polish uh guy who works in the engine room and is trying to get to New York so he can see the see his brother. Is he the one with the Statue of Liberty photo that he keeps yes. looking at? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to get to New York to see. We find an episode two that mm-hmm. he's trying to find his brother. So he's got um, a, a deal. Uh, then you've got this Dutch family that I don't know their names very well. Uh, you've got Tove, who is a, I don't know, early 20s Danish woman, maybe late teens, who's going to New York with her her family. She is pregnant. And the community around her, because it seems like they have a whole extended family, maybe a village traveling with them, mm-hmm. uh, are saying, referring to the child she's carrying as a son of God. Yeah, and I think the, the there's a patriarch figure here who I think is a priest. He might he yeah. might be like the true priest on board. And yeah. T- Tove is kind of like, um, or Tove is kind of the matriarch of the group, at least as as how she's presenting at the moment. 
she doesn't seem like she's in. She seems like she's resenting the fact that everyone thinks that her child is a god baby, but she doesn't seem like she has. You, you thought she has a lot of power. She has a lot of power of her brother. She has it seems a lot of like. power over Crestor for sure. But I, I don't know because we're not getting a lot of glimpses into the the structure there. It's it's more gotcha. just told through Crestor and her at the moment, and We've then the younger Crestor. girl who is another a young Danish man who's traveling with their family. Um, these guys all strike me as like proto Amish. Uh-huh. Yeah. They they seem like fundamental, uh, but they're also, this is the 1890s. So maybe there's anyone from like Dutch German type of, they just strike me as proto <laughs> any, any sure, kind sure. of like your farmer, rural person is going to strike me as that. Um, he is, uh, yeah, the brother of Tove. Um, we first see him frantically. He's broken on the first deck and he goes and he's trying to find a doctor for his sister, which attracts Mara, who goes down there. Her, she's in some kind of like she's seven months pregnant. She's in some kind of distress and she's able to turn the baby to to relieve that. Um, but Crestor is got a prominent facial scar that everyone talks about, but no one wants to tell us, you know, how we got it or anything like that. Um it fascinates Angel. Angel uh, has like a flirtatious attraction with this boy. Um, uh, offers him a cigarette, gives him a cigarette case. Uh, his sister finds out that this uh, upper class guy is taking interest and is furious and makes him return. It doesn't make him. She just returns the cigarette, just throws that at his feet. I, I, I have no idea where that stuff is going. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you've got the rest of the Danish, which I don't even know their names or anything uh, much. Um and then you've also got some crew that I don't really know their names. They don't seem to be super important to the plot thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. That's the those are the main uh, characters. The drama dramatis personae. You've got the you've got the little boy. There's a little boy on board now. They actually two two people that we didn't really talk about. The little boy whose name I don't actually know. It's the boy at this point. It's I the think. boy. They, okay. They've only referred to him as the boy. And then there's another person who came on board recently, Daniel. Uh, He just kind of climbs out of the water as they're investigating the Prometheus and boards the ship. I think it's even tied to the second the cap, like the second the the boarding party sets foot on the other ship, he sets foot on theirs. Like there might be some kind of yeah signal stops and all that principle thing. Yeah, because. So, so the setup of this is you've got the the Prometheus, by the way, named after the Greek god who stole fire from the gods and gave it to humanity. And for his punishment, he was uh, staked to a tree and condemned to have crows peck out his liver, which continually regenerated for all of eternity. Seems harsh, but you know, those Greeks, they, they, <laughs> I mean, they any- rolled that way. Eternal punishment seems harsh to me, but yeah. How, how can you do anything in a finite time span to merit mm-hmm. an infinite punishment? I don't know. But, you know, gods, they'd be crazy. I've heard. <laughs> um, and then 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 this sister ship is the Kerberos, which is the German spelling for uh, Cerebus, which is the mm. three headed dog that guards the gates of hell that keeps undead spirits from wandering out. Lots of lots of like uh, mythological underpinnings here. But four months after the uh, the the Prometheus tries to sails across the Atlantic and is lost, presume all hands lost. They're making another they're they're making several uh, passengers commenting on what are the odds that the sister ship from the same steam line are going to sink. Probably odds pretty good. I've seen I've seen the the whirlpool in the the credit sequence. I'm I'm thinking odds pretty good. (laughs) Uh, They're following them on the same path and they get halfway across and they start getting a telegraph signal that appears to be from the Prometheus giving a position and, and the captain de- deviates from the sail plan over seven hours, which infuriates the, the, uh, a lot of the, the crew and the passengers to go investigate and they find the sister ship Prometheus. It's completely adrift. It's a ghost ship. Um, I thought it looked like it spent time underwater. Did you get that impression? Uh, when they get inside of it, it seems like four months at sea is a pretty short time to do this kind of damage. But there's there's seaweed in the hallways yeah. and kind of like hanging off the deck and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't that's I thought that was really interesting. The fact that this looks like it might have been on the bottom of the sea and is now uh, and it was sending this telegraph signal from a telegraph room that has been destroyed. Yeah, the telegraph was totally uh, I don't know if it was rusted. It almost looks rusted out, doesn't it? Yeah, or set on fire. 
Maybe. Uh, okay. It's it's hard to say because like again, the ship it's in pristine condition on the Prometheus or, or on the Kerberos looks like it's been set on fire or something. It looks like a cinder. Uh-huh. And also, um, like when you're on the Kerberos and the halls are lit with uh, candlelight, it's very dark. Now go to a ship yes. that has no candlelight, right? And tell exactly. me what, tell me anything you see, honestly. So they, um, they, they explore and they go to. I think it's the banquet hall or the dance hall or whatever. And Mara, who has been, you know, the, the captain handpicks a crew of essentially uh, people brave enough uh, or low enough on the totem pole, he can bully them into going. The priest, well, he thinks is a priest, and uh, this lady doctor who helped out with the turning of the baby. And they go over and explore. The lady doctor sees this shiny green beetle, which I think is some form of scarab beetle, if the internet's to be believed. She sure. sees it crawl into a some kind of credenza that's been locked from the outside with like a fire poker or some kind of like uh, crowbar. And there's loud banging, like super loud banging. Like there's a monster inside there. Uh, the, 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 the captain gets his gun out. Uh, they open up the door and there's this little boy, just like a five, six year old little boy. This is in insane, there. man. Speak to the thing in there. See if it's human. See what it is. <laughs> like, just say, hello, is someone in there? And I know the boy wouldn't have answered, right? Because he seems to be scared right. mute or whatever. But you would like to see the humans act human, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not just go up there to whip the crowbar out. Like, clearly, somebody locked something in there because it couldn't be locked from the inside. This is not defensive. This is offensive. Yeah. So, the captain uh, brings the boy back to the ship. Uh, and radios back to the headquarters about what to do. They send them a two-word response, response, which is sink sink ship, Mm -hmm. and presumably get back to doing what you're doing. And he's like, this makes no sense. This is 40,000 tons of seaworthy vessel, and we're both sent on this unprofitable, you know, voyage on the same thing, and they want me to sink this? Nah, fuck. They must be hiding something. So he decides to tow it back to Europe, which pisses literally everyone off. It, of it scares the crew because, like, the German crew that thinks like they can't believe they're there, they must be on thin ice with this company. They're doing, they're directly disobeying the company. They're kind of creeped out by all this. Uh, everyone that's running from everything is is not wanting to go back. Um, so there's probably going to be I don't know sabotage. Who knows what we're going to have to deal with? Uh, that's kind of the setup. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. Now, we can talk about... There's another interest, There's a, another interesting thing. The guy who pulls himself in from the ocean. You said his name is Daniel? I think so, yeah. Um, He also has this green beetle that seems like it serves him. Like he goes to the door, the the wardroom that's across that's that's the next door neighbor to Mara. Lets this beetle under the door. It unlocks a door for him. Um, it the, the the beetle comes back to him. He keeps it in his pocket. It's like again, he's got some kind of control over it. It seems you're making a I'm, frowny face. You disagree IMDb with that is assessment? Me, no, no, no. IMDb is telling oh. me his name is Daryl, but I could have sworn I saw it as Daniel. Um, oh, okay. So it's either Daryl or Daniel. Oh, weird. Because you're right. Uh, 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 Wikipedia, the Wikipedia page has him as Daniel. Okay. Daniel Solis. So IMDb is wrong. It's Daniel. Yeah. Never mind. Um, or maybe that's German spelling. Because there was a lot of that too, like in Dark, sure. where you know they yeah, emphasize the name. Ike is not I K E either. Like I would expect, it's E Y K. Right. Um, so that's the that's that's the main situation. Uh, I want to talk about some. Uh, maybe we can trade like weird shit that we observed. Yeah, I, I want to talk about one thing that this show is doing that I am. I I guess not sure how I feel about. I, I feel like it's leaning a lot on the reputation of dark in some ways, and maybe this is my own bias having seen dark. But I yeah. felt like when this show starts to get creepy or it gets creepy too early like these these people are just sailing on the sea right and they come across a signal that's telling them hey here's a location and they go there and they find this ship that has been missing for four months and the captain says i'm gonna lower down a lifeboat and we're gonna go over there and everybody's like are you fucking insane this is obviously a ghost ship i i don't know why everybody is so scared of it 
at that point. I feel I like mean, this it is, is dark. 1899. Still. This is very like it's a superstitious are already time, hella sure. superstitious, and like they're probably 100 years behind society, and this is a society 120 years behind us. So. And we're, yeah, already, we're just, still a pretty superstitious, stupid society. I don't know. To, to me, it felt like they were they were pushing you in a direction. Like, think this is mysterious. Think this is be. dark. But yeah, I, I also could also buy that. Hey, it's just a superstitious bunch. Why not? Um, what do you know about the Bermuda Triangle? Uh, next to nothing. I know ships supposedly disappear there all the time. So it's it's formed by a triangle. If you take Miami, Florida, so the tip of Florida, Bermuda, um, and then Puerto Rico, that section of the ocean is supposedly responsible for um, a disproportionate share of ships and airplanes that have been lost. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are under mysterious circumstances where, you know, people were saying that their compasses were stopped working, that the navigational instrumentation of pl- uh, planes were not working before they lost contact, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and it's been a source of fascination ever since the, like the mid 20th century. Um, probably bullshit. Like most of these things are, but like uh, clearly with the triangle uh, association, clearly with calling attention to it on the newspaper headline, we are supposed to be thinking mm-hmm. about the Bermuda triangle. The thing that's not clear to me is like going to New York city would not get you anywhere near the Bermuda triangle. Right, right. So I wonder if there is some other inverted triangle, some other place in the ocean there that this uh, uh, this this boat company is exploring. Because that's what I it, what I uh-huh. think you're supposed to think happening is that there is a clandestine group of people who are investigating some kind of paranormal thing, and they're sending these ships across with with low amounts of crew, uh, uh, passengers, and and cargo to poke the bear. Minimize their losses when they inevitably don't come back, hoping that they might discover something. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of to kind of check things out. Um, At least that's what the captain seems to be thinking is happening. Honestly, Um, you should load it. Load it the fuck up with passengers, though. Right. Like. Just load it. Book every single double book every room. If you're afraid you're going to lose it. Why? So you can get the money up front. Like because they're all paying up front. Right. Like. If you're gonna lose it, at least cover some more of your losses. Load it full, like minimal crew, maximum passengers. That's what I maybe maybe they have a ghost of a conscience. They're trying to minimize the loss of human lives. (laughs) Oh, I don't think so. It's undesirable types. It's Kyburn at the head of this. I don't know if you could tell that that's who that was, but her dad, Mara's dad, is Kyburn. It is not. It totally is. Yes, it is. So there's oh no fucking God, way. Is. Oh my there's, God, it fucking is. He's 100% sinister. He's not, he doesn't have a shred okay. of conscience. Yeah, yeah. He's, and he, we already know he's up to something because his, uh, his, his progeny uh, found it and they've told each other about it. We just don't know what it is. We just know that there is something yeah, he's up yeah. to and it's something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> did you notice that when everyone is in the common room, uh, the, the dining room, uh, the simultaneous tea sip? Super weird. Did you notice the geisha girl? Well, I guess the fake geisha girl. I mean, I noticed her. What about her? Like when she's drinking the tea, her hand kind of like glitches, like like a like a hitch mm. in a videotape. Interesting. I didn't notice that. I was super curious what they were doing with the simultaneous drinking, because uh, I, I was thinking, oh, maybe thematically they're trying to say how ordered everything is in this society. But these these are such disparate societies; it wouldn't make any sense, right? Uh, these these people don't come from the same place, so yeah, I, there's something weird's going on. And there's a whole bunch of um, there's a whole bunch of like f- sayings that are going around, um, like the geisha girl and her servant, the fake geisha, the, the Cantonese women, they're hiding out as Japanese women, uh, have this saying that they say to each other, which is everything will be okay in the end, and if it's not okay, then it's not the end. I felt hmm. like there's interesting resonance with the inscription on the matching letters that Ike and Mara got that um, everything lost will be found again. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like these sentiments are have have uh, I, again. I don't know what the fuck it even means. Uh, an I'm just pointing things. I'm pointing things out. Faith and fate. Uh huh. And you have two. You have one fake priest. You have what's possibly one real priest on board. Right. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the experience that was dark, there was a lot of that in there too, right? Sure. 
elements and, ending- and it was more it was more concrete too it wasn't even just like thematic yeah uh the boy gives mara what i can only describe is a black obsidian pyramid artifact it almost looks like it's made out of coal mm. is that is that possible I thought it had seams. You're, you, yeah, that's a fair way to say it. it's got like that kind of crystalline structure where it looks mm-hmm. like parts of it have flaked off or whatnot. I thought it was going for more of a Hellraiser type of thing where like this thing might open or transform or yeah, yeah. have things that it can like I, I, I was. But but you're right. It could just I think be, it could be both. Honestly, <laughs> like this show is weird enough. Right. Is it animal? Is it vegetable? Is it mineral? What? I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. It's looking mineral right now. Um, uh, another weird thing. When the so in episode two opens up with the captain having a disturbing memory of him out walking, coming back to his house, it's engulfed in uh, uh, flames. Uh, he screams Nina, which I think is the, his wife's name, uh, and uh, he hear he hears this wake up, and we see him open his eyes. His his pupils are triangles. Really fucking weird. Whoa. I didn't, you didn't see that. that. Notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When he first wakes up, uh, his his pupils are. Uh, are triangles and and then he wakes up and sees that he's in this weird hatch and crimes out of it and discovers that he's underneath his own bed mm-hmm. and frustratingly when he goes to try to explore this it looks like it's built out of the smooth polished obsidian brick and he gets yeah, to like the bottom of this tiles. oh yeah 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 like black subway tiles he, he gets he gets to the bottom of this hatch and he starts to explore it and he's immediately called you know he's got to go back on deck to uh, fi- oh, he finds out that uh, the little Dutch girl who wanted to be a doctor is lying murdered on the deck. Mm-hmm. And and Did I'm we- almost positive that it was Daniel who murdered her. Because um, uh, there's a scene there where yeah. he is he's talking to her. Uh, it's it's near the end of the the episode. Um, and he he goes up to her and I forget exactly what he says, but there at the end of their scene there is like a switchblade sort of knife. Uh, being pulled sound and then she shows up dead so yeah there's like this snicker snack sound yeah yeah but that's what they want you to believe right and, and he says I'm so sorry when he he does say so sorry yeah, but at the, the, I, I, the end of that scene the noises are kind of disconnected from that scene I thought the way it was edited it's possible so yeah. it's like I said I think there's something uh, more to what they're showing here surprise surprise uh-huh. Um, here's another weird thing Wolves and sheep are mentioned several times when they find the little boy and the fact that the the rest of the boat has been killed. One of the guys that works in a boiler room, like he's kind of portrayed as simple minded idiot. But he says, what if it was a wolf that did it? And the guy's like, you stupid idiot. A wolf's going to eat. What if it was a giant wolf? And he's like roundly dismissed <laughs> during one scene when this, uh, you know, people are gossiping about the, the, the fake Japanese women. They mentioned that her l- lady servant looks like a sheep. Mm-hmm. And then I forget where this I got it. I wish I wrote down the context, but Mara sees or maybe it's the captain sees a painting of wolf and a sheep standing together like a, a so, Renaissance so painting. I noticed that, too. Um, well, I noticed that painting and maybe it's not the same painting. Maybe you're talking about a different scene. But when I noticed it, it was when uh, Angel and Ramiro were making love. It pans up. That's right. Above That's them. right. It's in their and, stateroom. OK, yeah, yeah. There's an oil painting there of, of that. So. What the fuck yeah. is up with that? Is this little boy a werewolf and he actually did eat everybody? So so I'm wondering because this boy is weird, right? Like they She's they find him weird. in in a cupboard or like in a bar locked and he's in. he's locked in there. Like yeah, like someone outside. was trying to to keep him from getting out, like it's a cage. Um and then and when they banging, bring him on board, yeah. And the banging didn't sound like a boy. Is the that Banging did not sound like a little child. It sounded yeah, like a yeah. monster trying to get out before they opened it. And then they bring him on board the ship. They make a point earlier in the episode to say this ship has been at sea for four months. They they would not have the food to sustain them like unless right. they like heavily rationed. Maybe a couple of them made it, but everyone's right. dead on that boat from from starvation. Um, but the boy, when he comes aboard, uh, Mara offers him some bread and an apple and he, d- he doesn't take it. He's not hungry after four months at sea with no food locked in a cupboard. Versus a man who's been in a coal pile for perhaps a day who's ravenously hungry. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So something is wrong with this child. <laughs> he doesn't speak. That's creepy and weird, right? 
so then the we- another weird thing is like the end of each episode when they show like the little kid, the boy in the cupboard, they start playing, uh, you know, the white rabbit, you know, just uh, mm-hmm. psychedelic rock. Uh, they fire up child in time for deep purple at the end of the second episode where the captain finds the dead girl and they, they have the captain's shocked face and you keep panning out and you find out that we're actually watching the captain's face on a fucking TV monitor. <laughs> and this is where I was in. Yep. That's embedded in a whole wall, like this lacquer wall of monitors, like these square monitors who are kind of old timey, but they're fucking television R- monitors. Right, remember in what year we're in. <laughs> and they're watching all of the important people from this ship. They're they're watching tight on their yeah. faces. What the fuck? And, and that room that it's in almost looks like it could be the captain's quarters. It does. It has that kind of like that dark lacquered, shiny, polished uh-huh. wood. Yeah, it could be, or it could be. Maybe that's the secret pu- passage room. Is what I assumed. Like if okay. we get to the bottom of that, we're going to see it's all done up with this. But like, so the this music is anachronistic. But if I had, but if I had to say, I would say those monitors are from the '60s or '70s. They could be. Mm -hmm. So is the music. Mm -hmm. Get expand your mind, Aaron. So is it? (laughs) Is it it, it time traveling? Uh, The other idea that I saw is that this is um, simulation. That people are running simulations to try to find out what happened to these ships, and these are we're essentially seeing uh, people running these simulations. The other it's interesting because Kerberos is also an encryption mm. scheme, um, right? It, that, that's like a more a much more modern use of the word. Sure, uh, sure, sure. So I don't know if they're going to lean into some kind of uh, networked computer simulation thing. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible that all these people are because like the other thing about the Prometheus, because uh, I think about Prometheus, that's something that's doomed to repeat something. And then when I think about Ker- Cerberus or Kerberos, I think about, uh, you know, uh, people in hell tr- that can't escape. Are these people sure. already dead? And they're in because I did you ever see the movie Triangle, which is no a movie about a boat set in the Bermuda Triangle. It's God. You it's very oh, God, you should watch it. It's hmm. a really interesting looping time story. It's okay. one of the cooler like things I've seen. And I, I kept on thinking about this as I was watching this, you know, the Bermuda Triangle with Triangle. Um, I wonder if these people are stuck in some kind of recursive time loop. All right. That's a pretty good guess at the moment. Um, and that the 70s or some kind of like people that are trying to get inside the loop or so. I But I just I just I, I can't I, I have no fucking clue. Right. Maybe maybe she's been she she Mara. Uh, the she in this sentence has uh, is being experimented on in the 70s being injected with mm. LSD because you think of all these like the the experiments sure. they did with LSD sure. and the psychedelic music uh, and all that would maybe connect and she's just imagining she's in 1899 right and I can't I, mean, I can't think I can't I can't hear white rabbit without thinking of like psychonaut drug exploration I mean that's Absolutely. what the song's about like it's fucking yeah. popping pills your moms don't do shit, right. but these are going to expand your mind, baby. Uh, but but the, it's super interesting to me that what is being displayed on the monitors is is not something that could r- really be happening in the 70s or 60s or whatever. It's what's happening on that ship. Yes, yes, for sure. So so you think like maybe they're connected uh, to their brains and, and sort of like reading what they're experiencing and, and displaying it visually? And it's not even from like a person's POV. It's from the omniscient camera's POV, right? Yeah. It's not like, yeah. oh, we're seeing through the eyes of Mara or we're seeing through the eyes of Ike. It's no, we're seeing Ike through the eyes of a camera. Yeah. Yeah. It's very mysterious, man. I don't. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Is that the uh, ma- majority of the mystery, the mystery as we see thus far? I, the one last question I have is, uh, you know who Franz is? He, he's like the um, the big, I want to call him a bodyguard, but I think he just works in the, the engine room. Um, or he's part oh, of the is crew. The yeah, is the, he's I have the amazing guy. beard that is like the captain's right man hand. Or, yeah, uh-huh. right hand man. Yeah, yeah. My only question is, when is he going to wash the blood off of his face? It's been like three <laughs> scenes and he's still just covered in blood. Uh, 
I I had the same because like that's we didn't talk about that. Is uh, what's his name? It wasn't Jacques? It was uh, uh, Jerome. Jerome is he a super soldier? Because he yeah, took on like ass. five dudes his size in a cramped hallway, and they could not get the, their hands on him. Right? Like I thought that he fought like. I don't know. A lot of these guys look like tough dudes that know how to fight, mm-hmm. but he was just handing them their ass until they all were able to like slowly beat him down. Yeah. No, he's, and we don't know. Also, we don't know what they've done with him. Right. Like the no. last we knew is Fran said, you know, what we do with uh, stowaways. And then we haven't seen like, I don't know if he's in the brig. I don't know if he's locked in a stateroom. I don't know if they did, in fact, throw him overboard or what. Could be. I, I don't know. Haven't seen him since. Is there any other juice we could need to squeeze? I don't think so. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next couple of episodes. Yeah, so tomorrow we're going to watch a couple more. We're going to talk about episodes three and four, and then we'll take the weekend off and we'll be back for more coverage again Monday and Tuesday. Uh, as I mentioned, we are going to be taking feedback. You can send it to our general pulp line, pulp at baldmove.com. Uh, we're going to save all that up for the end of the season and probably do a, a retrospective and maybe speculation for next season, if there's going to be a next season. Um, yeah, feel free to send us any midseason thoughts, too. It's just like, you know, you're, you're really taking really risking a lot of dry pie, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when, you, when you're taking out a stand in the midseason. But, yeah, let's let's all watch all this stuff. Uh, catch up with each other. Send us some feedback. Pulp at baldmove.com. We'll consider it. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with some more episodes. Uh, if you like to follow everything we do here at Bald Move, Twitter.com slash Bald Move. Um, for the time uh, being, until that whole thing implodes. God, just I, I yeah, I, I picked one social media to concentrate on. And how did I <laughs> right. know it's going to get taken over by a James Bond villain? Uh, but yeah, we're, we're for, for, until that thing implodes. Uh, and if you would like to support us and get ad free feeds and a bunch of other bonus content, uh, check us out at uh, support.baldmove.com to find out all the ways you can support us. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow for some more 1899. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.